Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com superstuff and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com superstuff and get started today. This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Your salvation is at hand. Be what are you doing? Listen to these words. Ooh, child, welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. Ooh, child, it's not gonna get better. Welcome! We're the K-Podcasters. I'm Dave Michaels. <laughs> I'm Brian Betts. This is the show where we sing now, apparently. This is the musical, right? This Heck this one's yes. a musical, if uh, there's ever been one. This is the dance-off of podcasts. Oh, it's great. Dance-off challenge? Yeah, it, we're actually just the distraction for whatever you are you should be doing with your life. Yeah. That's us. Uh, oh, that, I like that, actually. Yeah. We're talking Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. We're back in the MCU. Oh, last week we talked about that Turtles movie. And I'd like to forget about it. Yes, please. That'd be great. But two weeks ago, we talked about the warm blanket of J.J. Abrams, and now I feel like I'm, I'm in it. We're back? I got a warm blanket again. This is a pretty warm blanket, the, isn't it? The Feige blanket. Yeah, but this is a different type of blanket, because we're used to ensemble films now, at least with the MCU, with the Avengers and all that. Right. But then they just introduced an entirely new ensemble to us. They didn't just introduce these characters individually. They said, enjoy. We're going to yeah. give they threw them all, all these guardians to you all at once. Bam. And here you go. Oh boy, are we lucky because this film is terrific. It's so good. This is a fun one. I have a theory about which Guardians of the Galaxy movie is my favorite. It is whichever one I've watched most recently. It's a pretty good theory. Yeah. Because I've I've flopped so many times between this one and volume two. Yeah, I've only seen volume two once and I loved every second of it. Yeah. I've only seen this now twice. Really? And I loved every second of it. I've watched it twice this week. It's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. So we tried something new a couple weeks ago to talk about movies so we don't have to go through the whole synopsis of everything like that. Right. And really just get to the nitty gritty of it, the good stuff. Get down to the part where we debate what this movie is. Sure. All or what about. it is it. How are we doing this? We're going through the super stuff category by category and having discussions within each, like we usually do, but more long form. Sure. And then we assign a score and move on to the next one. I like it. So we'll start with story and motivation. Uh, it's fantastic. It's. It's simple, so good. but it's fantastic. Kidnapped by aliens when he was young, Peter Quill now travels the galaxy salvaging anything of value for resale. When he comes across a silver orb, however, he gets more than he bargained for. <laughs> oh, oh boy, the mystery. That, that orb is highly desired by many, but by none more so than Ronan. The accuser. The accuser. Lee Pace. He's pretty great. When Ronan finally acquires it, it's left to Peter and his newfound friends Gamora, Drax, Groot, and Rocket to stop him. And that is... A very short form synopsis of this movie. It's pretty simple. Yeah. There's not a lot here. We've got the the silver orb with the purple MacGuffin inside. Right. And uh that's what everybody wants. Yeah, that purple MacGuffin is That's not what a, everyone wants. A lot actually. bigger than it than it turns out to be. Yeah. It turns out to be one of the most important things in the MCU. It's the power stone. Yeah, is that the first like true stone, for true first infinity stone that we've talked about? It's I know it's been hinted at a bunch at this point. It's the first one that they explicitly state within the movie that it's an infinity stone. Okay. Because that's they, a pretty big moment. They say the ether from Thor 
the dark world, which I don't like to talk about. In the, <laughs> in the post credits, they Why say, not? "Oh yeah, well, it's an Infinity Stone." Yeah, but that's post credits. They're setting up this movie, right? So, and in this, they just go, "That shit's purple and powerful. That's a power stone. Holy shit!" Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the first time they're like, "Yeah, give me that." And we just saw Thanos on screen, right? Actually doing things briefly. He I like how they're sitting in they a chair. Just give us a taste. That's all we need, though, <laughs> because then when you actually see him, this is the point where I realize, "Holy shit, they're really going for it." Yeah, like this yeah. is this is now just real some, like, to me. Some wink ding at the end of Avengers. This is. Oh, he's a character now. Right. This is kind of the first moment when I realized how big the Marvel Cinematic Universe was going to be in their plans. Because before this, I was like, all right, they got through the Avengers. Cool. Good job. That's pretty cool. But then when they did this, it's like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. They're they're really going for it. The balls on Kevin Feige. (laughs) Fearless. There's There's a reason Stanley dubbed him Fearless Feige. Absolutely. I like how we meet our characters, how they all make sense, how we actually get to know them. Yeah. We get to see Peter Quill right up front. He's got a dying mom, so that's- That is a-, a Story-wise, a... good for him. Life-wise, probably bad. Right, right. He's that's... got some pretty sweet tunes playing in that Walkman. Well, yeah, it's the 80s. Yeah. Everybody loves 80s tunes. He's got a grandpa. He does. He exists in the world. And then he won't hold his mom's hand as she dies, and then he runs away, and then he's abducted by aliens. So right. a lot happened to Peter Quill- in the span of that opening five minutes. It's a very uh, busy day. I would call it's it the busiest Peter day. Peter Quill's very busy day. Totally different than Ferris Bueller's day off. <laughs> but you have just massive event to massive event in his life. Yeah. Which is wild. And how does it play into character development? Who the hell knows? Uh, I would say, uh, have you ever heard of Arrested Development? And I don't mean the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Michael. Yeah, he, uh, he, he doesn't really age very much in the next however many years happen. Not wrong. He's no, he, he fucks. So he does. He does age in, in That's uh, true. the downstairs sense. I'm sure. Okay. But I mean, the upstairs physically sense, ages. Not so much. <laughs> well, yeah, becomes Chris Pratt. He does a skinny Chris Pratt. Chris a Pratt. ripped Chris Pratt. A Chris Pratt who lost sixty pounds for this role. Yeah, Chris who Pratt. made storylines in Parks and Rec weird because of the weight loss. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they have to do like throwaway lines of like, yeah, I did some push-ups or whatever. I, I believe the actual line was, "Wait, you just stopped drinking beer? That's it." <laughs> So that's all it takes, huh? All right. <laughs> I'll never know. No. Nope. Not happening. So the motivation for all these characters is obviously get this purple thing, Peter to sell it. Uh, yeah. Yondu also Well, to he sell tries it. to sell it also, but I think once it's discovered who else is after Who else wants he's it, like, right. fuck, fuck no. Ronan for the power. want it. Or yeah. actually, Ronan originally to deliver it to Thanos. Right. Be in exchange to destroy Xandar, but actually for the power. Right, but on Xandar also, you get to meet Groot and Rocket. They're working as their own little team. Right. Their motivation is to get the money for Quill. Uh-huh. Because Yondu put a Correct. price on his head. So it all is coming around. And, and Gamora, Gamora wants it to keep it from Thanos. Right, but she's also we sort think. of working with Ronan. I don't know. She's a mystery here. It's very weird, yeah. Yeah. I guess this is like the moment that she's abandoning Thanos and his team. Right. It's kind of cool how it sets up... That dynamic as well, because, yeah, she's a daughter of Thanos. We get that. Yeah. We get to see Nebula in this movie, too, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. She's so angry. She's always so mad. So mad. Just, oh, all that rage from when the doctor let her die. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I can understand the rage, then, if that's the case. <laughs> but I like how on Xandar, oh, we get to meet a John C. Riley. John Most important C. Riley. entire movie. John C. Riley in a Marvel movie makes me happier than anything It does, ever until told. I even said, he's on screen a bit, and I even said, He's still criminally underused. Yeah. He should be 
a lead in something. I don't know what. Maybe, I'm hoping, he's the sole survivor of Xandar and becomes Nova. Be so cool. <laughs> hey, there, here I, just, I am. Hey, this is weird. I woke up this morning I could fly. Everybody on the planet died, and now I have all the power. <laughs> That's strange. I just feed off of their souls, I guess. <laughs> also, Glenn Close. Sounds nothing like John C. Riley. <laughs> She's great in this. She is. She's briefly in there. She said something like, oh, yeah, I took the role so I could do a lot of like fun, smaller stuff. But also, you know, it'd be a fun experience, but mostly so I could do the fun, smaller stuff. You also have the Tick. What's his name? He's in a lot of the Edgar Wright stuff, like Shaun of the Dead and whatnot. Peter Serafinowicz. Him. Him. Yeah, he's in this thing for a little while, too. Oh, that's right. There. He is for, he's a, for a hot second. He's great. This whole cast is great. It's a very good cast. And I like how they all get arrested on Xandar, and then they get thrown into the, the jail, and that's where they meet Drax. Right. And Dave Batista. Dave Batista. He's definitely is... acting. <sighs> and it works. Oh, boy, is he. But it works so well. And it's weird how well it works. I think it's uh, Rocket has the line like they take everything real literally. Yeah, and it's like, and he does, and it's so good. Oh, that way, that right it over his out. head, it could not go over my head. I would catch it. My reflexes are too fast. <laughs> so good. Every one of these characters is so great. I don't know how Dave Batista playing a straight man is the funniest thing I've ever seen. It only gets better in Guardians too. Yeah, because he's hysterical in that movie. But the way so they do good. the characters in this is so I'm almost going to say unique. Because with Avengers, all these characters had their own films to build the character. So we actually know them as an audience. We get right. to know what their motivations are, what's going on underneath, and how they're developing. Yeah. With this, we get the bare minimum. Right. There's not a lot of depth given up front. No. And I don't think there's a lot of depth given until the extreme end of this movie. Right. And it, I think it almost works even better that way. Somehow. Because it's all like, all right, we're all shitty, but in different ways. Mm-hmm. We're all kind of shady and whatnot. Let's just play off each other and have a little bit of fun as characters on screen, and that's how we're going to build this movie. It's brilliant. It's so simple. You don't need to tell. You just get to show. show. And that's where James Gunn comes in. He finally got a movie that makes some fucking sense for Finally. Because <laughs> oh. Super is, oh boy, it's a movie. It's a feature film. It exists as far as I know. It is not good. No. It is quite bad. No, I've it's, decided it's quite bad. It's not great. Uh, but this, this more than makes up for it. And this is a very large step outside of the MCU. Yeah. This doesn't feel like anything we've seen before. Well, the uh, the first draft, I guess, he wrote, he was like, all right, this is my big chance. I'm going to play it safe, give them something they want. I think it was Joss Whedon said, it's good, but I kind of wanted a little more- James Gunny. James Gunn in it. Yeah. And he said- well, it's your funeral. <laughs> this, this is what you want. It's your funeral. And he wrote Here the second go. draft and he leaned in and oh boy. He's got such a unique sense of humor and style and it just works. Yeah. Especially with this group of characters. It really works. It's so good. I can't really see him doing anything else within the MCU. Even though I do think the Russo brothers really, really leaned on his style of directing when it comes to the sillier scenes in like Endgame and Infinity War and stuff oh, yeah. like that. Well, didn't they make him like um, the guy in charge of the cosmic side of the MCU? Did they? I believe so. That makes sense. So, then. like, he sat in on all the Infinity War and, and Endgame meetings. So, that actually will fully check out if that's true. I believe it is true. But I think of a story. I, I like how at the end, when they do fight Ronan, how Star Lord sends his dick note, as he calls it, saying, like, hey, listen, I know I'm a dick. But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets all of Xandar to help out fighting against Ronan the ships and whatnot. Well, I don't believe that anybody can be 100% a dick. 
actual line from this movie. <laughs> but when they actually do fight Ronan at the end, and Peter Quill ends up grabbing the, in the Power Stone, and yes. then all the Guardians have to like kind of touch him in order to spread out the power of the Power Stone so he can survive it. Right. It's pretty badass. It is awesome. And I then, always forget the end of this movie, though. Whenever and then I think they immediately back go, oh, yeah, you're only half human. Yeah, that's, that's why a bit of a cop-out. Like, oh, okay. I always forget the end of this movie. For some reason, it's not very sticky to me. Huh, really? Where it's like, I, I remember the very cool visuals, but I don't remember why. Oh, that's true. The the meaning behind it and the right. reason. I could see that. Yeah. That's easy to, to lose over time. I think I'm going to go, oh, it's a simple story. It's simple. I think, but it's told really well. Told well. I'm going to go 0.75 for a story. I'm with you on that. I, I am tempted to go lower, tell you the truth, not higher. Okay. And I think just because of how simple the story is, it mm, it makes me want to go lower, but my gut is telling me 0.75. Uh, there's also, I mean, they they go to prison, they meet up, they go to nowhere, they meet with the collector. It's very good visual storytelling, very good storytelling, but yeah. it's so simple. You know what, 0.75. You know what, you don't have to go 0.75. crazy. You don't have to be complex to tell a good story. Right. Hear that endgame? <laughs> <laughs> Even that wasn't that complex. Time travel's always complex. Yeah. Always. I suppose. Let's talk about the heroes. They're not very heroic. They're but not. But they are at the same time. Somehow. They're all real big shitheads who come together, yeah. and they're like all the Grinch, where their heart just kind of swelled for a day. Yeah. That's a great analogy. A lot of Grinch in my house right now. Yep. A lot of with the Christmas and all that. Sure. A whole lot of watching that. Just a lot of Putting rugs up Whoville. my chimney. <laughs> <laughs> dropping ornaments out. So you have your heroes- they're anti-heroes who they just are. are briefly nice. They're still trying to fuck over people at the end of this thing. Yeah. It's like their ultimate goal because even Yandu, after they save the day, he's like, you got to give me that orb. Yeah, but Yandu And they give was... it to him and he's just like, fuck that guy over too now. This is great. Yeah. Well, Yandu was also going to sell it to whoever would pay for it. Right. They didn't want it to fall in the wrong hands. So they understand. Gamora definitely understands. Yes. The I think rest, Gamora I guess... was the voice of reason for yeah. most of this movie. Yeah, and I mean- their reasoning for saving the galaxy is because they're those idiots that live in it, as they say. Yeah, <laughs> I'm one sense. of the idiots that live in that galaxy. They do save the day, and they do have to be, I mean, they have to put their lives very much in danger at the end, and then very they much. all consciously do it as they, like, chain off of oh, Quill yeah. at the end. Yeah, This might be a one, and yeah. it's strictly based on character development, development, where they started to where they go. Exactly. Because, I mean, I love how... Groot sacrifices jail. himself. He sure does, except he sort of doesn't. He just said, well, he does. It's time to grow back. Oh, no. Uh, James Gunn has, has actually come out and said that that is not the same Groot. It's really? It's a new Groot that grew out of the old Groot. has none of his prior memories. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That explains a lot, actually, going forward. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So Groot sacrifices himself. At one point, Quill flies out into space and gives his helmet to Gamora to save her. Right, but that's because I think he wants the green poon. Well, yeah, I mean, he's kind of established himself at this point in the movie as being a different color poon hound. Sure, sure. A, a multicolored rainbow of, I don't know. That's exactly, he's like our friend, it's just Kevin, he doesn't see color. <laughs> or he sees it and he wants to try it all. <laughs> Like, you mean that's a rainbow party on Earth? Not here. <laughs> Peter Quill is Skittles. <laughs> Pretty much. He just wants to taste the rainbow. <laughs> he does, because he's with a, a red girl at the beginning of this thing. Uh-huh. And I like how he goes through his whole thing of trying to get the orb at first. And he's like, I honestly forgot you were here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoops. He's very cool. I like him a lot. I forgot how he got the orb out, because, you know, recently watching Endgame and, and seeing 
nebula, stick her hand in there and have it all fry up. I right. forgot how Peter got it out. I was like, as soon as I started this movie again, I was like, oh, how does he do it? I don't even remember. It's kind of exciting. He has like the little magnet thing. And it right, right, right. Pulls the orb out. Brilliant. And then he uses the magnet again later to take a bunch of guards out. I wish he had just kept that magnet thing for more of the movie. Well, it's a cool weapon. You could tell this is a science fiction movie because magnets. How do they, how do they work? work? We'll never know. Nope. No one, no one will ever know. Science has yet to determine how magnets work. Right. Magnets are equal to the amount of licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. Right. No one will ever know. It's three. Magnets. Three. <laughs> Go, God damn it. <laughs> We're going pretty much like <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide here. <laughs> yeah. Just to sum up how magnets work. It's like, oh, the meaning of life is 42 and magnets three. three. Peter Quill. Yeah. Let's specifically talk about Peter Quill. All right. He won't hold his mom's hand while she dies. Yeah. He just wants to listen to his tunes. Right. Which is shitty. Yeah. He gets abducted by Yondu and the Ravagers. Right. And he gets his Which we learn later is because they were hired to bring him to back bring to, him to his, dad. his daddy, which, which we'll get there. Well, yeah, we'll get there. In another movie. He's raised by people who threaten to eat him all the time. Yeah. Which is, probably does something to a, a kid's psyche. I could see that for sure. Yeah. He gets, I mean, what makes him actually change, though? That's what I, I don't understand. It seems like one of those things of like, I'm kind of a dick. I'm kind of a cool dick. I'm kind of a uh, cooler dick who wants to get the green poon. Okay, now I'm going to save the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, maybe it's And just... now he just turns on Yondu out of nowhere also. It's like, I don't know uh, what well, his relationship I don't is know. with him. He was already trying to get away from Yondu. Yeah, but did seems. he really have to turn on him that hard? I don't understand. What do you mean? He turned on him real hard because he ditched Yondu. He was going to screw him over with the orb. Fine. So that was his separation from Yondu. But then when he goes and tries to sell it, he tells, he keeps calling Yondu for help. And Yandu just keeps buying because Yandu's kind of the daddy figure. I get it. Yeah. But I feel like his turn on Yandu is just out of nowhere. He keeps doing it. He keeps calling Yandu for help. Yandu helps him, and then he bones him even harder over. Yeah. It's the only part I didn't like about it because he seems like he honors his now new friends that he literally just met a hell of a lot more than the person who raised him. Yeah, but he doesn't see it as raised him. He sees it as being kidnapped and spared his whole life. Even though he's kind of looked at as like the number two on Yandu's ship. Yeah, something, yeah. I don't, that didn't sit well with me. I don't know if he's even seen as the number two, because the other guys are like, all right, we're finally going to kill him. We've been talking about this for years. <laughs> That's got to do something and then he finally, too. And he talks himself yeah. out of it again. It's because it's Yondu weird. has a soft spot for, for Peter Quill. Sure. Which we find out way more about in the future. Right, and it's very good when yes. we do find out about it. Let's talk about Gamora. Okay, Gamora. Daughter of Thanos. Daughter of Thanos. She has her own turn in this movie. Yeah, but her I don't even know if she does, because her turn is, I need that orb, but i got to keep it out of Thanos' hands. Also, now I understand you guys are trying to do the same thing, right. but I need a new family. Cause I don't know that I she knows that they're trying to do the same thing. I think they all decide to do the same thing because she's so gung-ho about it. The green poon. Yeah. So because yeah. Peter's so gung-ho about it. <laughs> Peter's like, i got to get me some of that green, and she's like, i got to get this purple out of here. So he's like, let's get the purple out of here. Let's get the purple out. So it's, Exactly. It's all about... Gamora and her pink hair. Groot and Rocket. Groot and Rocket. They just want money. They love they money. They want money, but Groot, I don't see as being a bad guy at all in no. this thing. He seems no. like he's got a heart of bark or gold or whatever <laughs> the equivalent is. But then Golden Rocket, Birch. Rocket is funny as hell because he always has a plan. He's like the MacGyver of space. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a wily little guy. He's always putting together his weapons and bombs and whatnot. Sometimes he needs legs. 
Turns out he doesn't. He just thinks it's funny to steal legs from people. It's great. He loves taking limbs. I'll and do it, but I need that guy's eye. You don't need that guy's eye. It's so good. What do you mean? I don't... So good. Oh, my God. Bradley Cooper's doing a good job. Bradley Cooper, it blows my mind that it's Bradley Cooper. Yeah, it doesn't sound anything like him. I guess they, they uh, auditioned a bunch of just regular voice actors from TV shows and stuff. And they're like, no, we want a celebrity voice on this. So then they were like, Adam Sandler, David Tennant, Jim Carrey, H. John Benjamin. And they ended up with- I'm so happy they didn't do H. John Benjamin. It would have been very distracting. Yeah. That deep voice coming out of that tiny animal. Right, right. No, Bradley Cooper's terrific. They landed on Bradley Cooper, and and he's doing like uh, his impression of Tommy DeVito from Goodfellas. Oh, that's really Joe good. Pesci's character. Yeah. So it's like- He'll snap at the where drop of a hat. Where did you get that idea? Because I often forget that this is Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, he's terrific in this thing. Sean Gunn, right? Kind of sharing duties? Yeah, Sean Gunn doing the, the on-screen. Right. With, uh, Just as important in my mind. Yeah. In fact, Sean Gunn was the one who came up with the line. He ad-libbed the line, a bunch of assholes standing in a circle. <laughs> There's so many good things that just point out the obvious. Yeah. It's great. Uh, Bradley Cooper told Howard Stern that he was paid more for voicing Rocket than he was for Silver Linings Playbook and The Hangover combined. Good for him. Wow. Get that Disney money. Wow. Drax. Drax. Drax is a dick. Drax is Drax is not a dick. I think he is. I don't think he is. All right. Well, I say his dick first. I should probably explain that one. Go. So they meet Drax in prison, and Drax's whole thing is Ronan killed his family. Yes. In prison, he understands Gamora mm-hmm. is daughter of Thanos working for Ronan. Right. So he tries to kill Gamora, to which Peter is able to talk him out of and say- She knows where Ronan is. Green Poon. Right. Right. And then Save he's like, the oh, of course, I am I guess I'm, is Drax green? I don't even know what color he is. He's gray because they changed him from the comics because they okay. didn't want people to confuse him with Hulk. Fine. They did a good job then. Yeah. He's a very big boy. Very. Very. But then you have the scene on Nowhere where he calls Ronan while this plan is like dead on, perfect. Yeah. And yeah. He, uh, he just leaves and calls Ronan. Ronan shows up and the whole plan is now boned. Well. Because he wants to go take Ronan on one-on-one. How did he get the phone number for Ronan? Uh, that's a good question. That's actually a very good question. How that's the part that really from? annoyed the crap out of me. Uh, maybe he just sent out a signal. I don't know how space works. And why would Ronan even bother showing? What's he putting in there? He's like, it is I, Drax. Well, Drax could have said that he was with Gamora and they were retrieving the Power Stone. I don't think he cares that much to put that. He just wants to I fight. I mean, if he he's to trying to bring fisticles. Ronan to him, that's the easiest way to do it. It is the easiest way to do but it. But also, he was drunk. He was very drunk, yes. And... <laughs> But that's the part that got me, is that he was so selfish thinking of himself that obviously he had the character turn after that when he right. realized, like, I should not have done that. Yeah, that's true. Oh, he is kind of a dick, huh? He's kind of a dick. I thought you just meant in general, but in that moment, yes, he's definitely a Big dick. time, but it makes the character obviously that much bigger. Right. When he's even, at the end, he's saying, like, I, it's very nice to have friends again. Yeah. Yeah, because this whole thing is, I need vengeance for my, my wife and daughter. Yeah. And- once they finally defeat Ronan, he's like, well, really, he was just one of Thanos's pawns, so I still have to kill Thanos. Yep. And then they have that long hold on Gamora. It's like, <laughs> this is great. It's so good. But uh, yeah, it's uh, he's like, it's nice to have a family again. Right. More or less. So you just have a bunch of misfits. That's exactly what it They're is. They're together, it's, and it's wonderful. It's very well done. I kind of want to go 0.75. I know, 0.5. I want to go 0.5 for 0. Hero. 0.5? They do, do really heroic shit at the end. Very 0. heroic. 0. 0.75. Very heroic. 0.75. Okay. Like, I kind of want to go one, but at the end they even say to themselves, like, what do you guys want to do? Do you guys want to do a good thing, a bad thing, or both? A little bit of both, yeah. So, and they and they, they choose both. They <laughs> choose both. Something good, something bad. Right. Something, a little bit of both. Even when 
Roman Day, the John C. Riley character, is like, all right, well, you just got to make sure you don't break any laws. Drax is like, what if some... <laughs> what if somebody wronged me and I ripped his spine out? Exactly. It's like, oh, well, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's a murder. That's murder. That's murder. That's the worst crime you can do. <laughs> and Rocket, Rocket's like, what if somebody has something and I want it more than them? Uh, that's that's stealing. You don't understand. No, I you're want not it listening. more than I them. want it more. <laughs> I think that what gets me is, does he come up in Guardians 2? I don't remember. I don't think he does. So that's just alone is. That's weird. Yeah. But I wish that he would be almost like their guy at base, if that makes oh, sense. Yeah, like their voice of really reason neat. sometimes. Yeah. It would be such a nice touch. Uh, hey, guys. I don't know if you should be doing all that. Yes, please. Yeah. And then sure. somewhere in the middle he goes, no, that, stop calling me Roman Day. Call me Dragon. <laughs> Call me Dragon. <laughs> don't touch my drum set! <laughs> so, teamwork then. Let's just talk about teamwork since we're here. If we're going teamwork, we have to go one. I think so. Done. We did it. They're, they're people It's so who, simple. They they became a team out of nothing, and they saved the day. And they saved Done. the galaxy. They, they guarded it. <laughs> Correct. And if we were going parents, we do know that Peter. one of them died within the first five minutes yeah, of the movie. Yeah, it's a, a good start, for sure. Solid character development. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, villains. The main one here is obviously Ronan the Accuser, but you also have Nebula and Thanos to an extent. Yeah, I really like Lee Pace as Ronan the Accuser. I like Lee Pace in everything. Uh, you ever seen The Fall? No. Fall's wonderful. Okay. It's a movie that came out in 2006. It took him for fucking ever to film. Sure. It is directed by Tarsim Singh, and it was shot almost entirely on location in such exotic places. It's a story about a, pretty much a drug addict in this like war hospital type thing. Really? And he's telling stories to a kid in order for this kid to become the thief. To steal him more drugs while he's at the, the okay. hospital thing. It's really, really good. It sounds really interesting. Yeah, I like it quite a bit. Uh, I really like him in Pushing Daisies. That show is That's pretty good. phenomenal. Yeah. This is not that at all. No, it's also not The Hobbit, any of those pieces of garbage movies. Yeah. Because The Hobbit movies are, ter- are absolutely terrible, mm. whereas The Lord of the Rings is terrific. That's How the false. fuck did they blow it that badly? Maybe you'd like The Hobbit movies. Maybe you go- I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> These are my type of movies. I'd probably watch them and go- Wow, there is something worse. <laughs> there you go. Maybe the Lord <laughs> of the Rings isn't that bad. <laughs> Maybe I was too hard on the Lord of the Rings. I think Sean from Nerdy Thursday just crashed his car. Yeah. When he heard you say that. Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty mad at me now. <laughs> Oops. So Ronan. He's got good motivation. He just wants the power. He wants the power. It's well, a lot really, like a Nintendo power glove. They say he's a Cree radical. Sure. And Unlike he wants that to free destroy... radicals. Right. He wants to just one hit wonders from the nineties. Don't give up. You got a reason to live. <laughs> Get your bucket hat out, Ronan. Put it on. Oh wow, <laughs> that is such a deep cut. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a Cree radical who wants to destroy Xandar. Right, that's like his whole motivation. That's it. He hates Xandar. Simple. He hates. He hates every John C. Riley movie. He wants the whole planet to. Oh, suffer. I don't care for him then. So zero. Right. He's well. He's a good villain. Anybody. It elicited that emotion for me. You're right. Anybody who dislikes John C. Riley is would you definitely consider, a villain. Would you consider Thanos a villain in this thing? Uh, Thanos is behind the scenes on it. He's holding the umbrella. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ronan's pretty good. And he's the whole reason for Gamora and Nebula's involvement. Sure. Uh, I think Ronan's weak at the end because, yeah, he gets the Power Stone. He's able to kick ass so easily. So easily. And he gets distracted by Peter Quill dancing. dancing. What are you doing? That's it. To that's- me, that's- very weak. That is weak. That's, that means uh, his motivation probably wasn't all that strong to begin with. It's like, hey, maybe instead of just questioning what this idiot's doing, just use the power stone. Just, just slam your hammer down and bam. All you have to done. do is place it down. Planet gone. It's over. 
Instead, you're going to question. I don't think the motivation was that strong. I'll go 0.5. I think maybe point, maybe even lower. Maybe even lower. That really bugged me a lot um, when he actually got through this entire giant battle scene in space, came on down to the planet, and then nothing. Gets nothing. distracted by dancing. 0.25. Including Nebula and Thanos in that? Nebula's fine. She's henchy. She's not really. Nebula's very henchy. Yeah. Doesn't and have Thanos, a whole lot of backstory. I don't backstory think in this. we should consider in this one because I, I think that's fair. There's one scene. Yeah. But he's the overarching everything, right. but he's going to be that for a long time. So. I'm going to go 0.25 because you should not be... Not a great villain. You should not be distracted by Chris Pratt dancing. I mean, are you telling me you wouldn't be? No. No, 0.25. You're right. Right. Because there are seconds in between him saying, I'm distracting you. (laughs) Yeah. And then they fire whatever gun at him. Right. Yeah. He could have done anything here. Not at him. At the stone. At the stone. Fine. Very important. Doesn't matter. He's not a great villain. 0.25. We'll see him again in another movie later. Fine. (laughs) I actually can't wait. Female characters. They're all strong as hell. They are all Every very single strong. one of them. Glenn Close, Glenn Close is amazing in this movie. Phenomenal. Doesn't have a lot to do, but no. does it really well. What she does. She's a good leader. Yeah. I would follow her. I'd be I would live on Xandar and be like, yo. If I'm on Air Force One and my plane gets taken over by Gary Oldman, and I know she's on the ground kind of calling the shots, yeah. I'm gonna sit back and go. I feel pretty safe. This is fine. Yeah, no. Nova Prime's this is got fine. me. Yeah. 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 Hold on to my family a little longer, Gary Oldman. This is fine. This is good. We'll be we'll be all right. Gamora. I mean, she's the most dangerous woman in the galaxy, isn't she? That's her nickname. And it it. shows she kicks all the ass. So much. Nebula. Doesn't have a lot to do. Yeah. She's very angry, and she is calling a lot of the shots. That's true. But she can hold her own against Gamora, and that says a whole lot. And she cuts off her arm, James Franco style, in order to escape. That's true. But she's also mostly robots, so I don't know that that even hurt her. Fine. Still had to make the sacrifice. Robot arms, I'd imagine. Uh, it seems Not like you can probably convince store. any kind of asshole to steal one for you. Not wrong. <laughs> Still a strong lady. I'm going to go one. Still strong. All right, we'll go one. What about the pink lady from the beginning? <laughs> we call that Poon McGuffin for Peter Quill. What do you think of the different settings? I love them a lot. We have Morag to start the movie off. Yeah, uh, which is fine. It's rocky. Which is It's rocky, but also... Peter has that device that shows what it used to look like, which I completely forgot about. Until which is a very, very cool device. Really neat. Xandar is very built out, but looks a lot like London at times. At times. <laughs> at times. The kiln, which is the the jail. Yeah. It's a cool looking jail. It's, it's a, cool a set. Jail. It looks great. And you got some mean men in there. And they're some angry. Mean men. And it's fine. The middle part that comes out, they turn off the gravity. Which it's I don't fun. understand how that works. I don't understand how the middle part disconnects and floats around. That doesn't seem structurally sound at all. Uh, that's fine. Rocket hits a button. The the disconnect button. There should not be a disconnect button to a No, there nope. shouldn't. Not to a nope. prison guard. A, yeah. It's convenient structure. Uh the Milano. Quill's ship. It, we don't we barely see it. Named after Alyssa Milano. Yeah, we barely see it though. Do we? We see the outside of it quite a bit, but we don't ever I feel we're like really we not doing quite a bit of time inside we it. We don't do much inside. That's where the whole they circle up speech and Oh, wow, Circle we're going to the dark lit room that's only lit from the middle there. Where the that's what you're going off of? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing there. And nowhere. Nowhere's very cool looking. That's nowhere my favorite is... set in this entire uh, the entire movie. It's the head of a celestial. Yeah. Which we'll probably learn more about later this year. It's very exciting. When the Eternals comes out. Very exciting. Uh, yeah, so lots of different locations. All of them pretty well built out, except for maybe the ship. I think Morag is the least built out. Yeah, because well, it also doesn't have to be. It doesn't have out. to be because it's almost nothing at the beginning of this thing. And I mean, he did use his cosmic Google Glass in order to see what it looked like. <laughs> right. To find the temple and whatnot. Right. 
This movie looks gorgeous. You it's always know where you are. Great looking. They're it helps that they they title everything everything every time and i think that this is where the russo brothers did the lift for the idea because they title everything kind oh, of in yeah. a similar way yeah the same style as it i'm gonna go one for setting i think that's fair even with the kiln doing its weird thing right style and tone this has to be a one right i, I can't think of it any has reason to be a one. for it not to be this thing kicks ass it's just so cool and original and- it is so original and visually stylistic but nothing doesn't need to be there. Right. Which I love so much. Yeah. Even stupid things like the blue guy working at the prison who took the headphones. And right, right, to right, him. right. It's like, it's important to the story. Sure. Kind of. But. It's important enough. Because yeah. he ends up going back for the music and it shows how important the music is. And I think it right. all gets tied together at the end when he finally opens the present that his mom left him. And it's. Awesome mix volume two. It's another cassette, which it's I love. So good. So, but and, it just shows how important the music is to him, which right. is cool as hell to me. I'm going to go one. Again. Think, oh, boy. I just realized what's happening here. That's well, a problem. Don't think about what's happening. <laughs> don't think about what's happening. Because, All right. Because now we're going to talk about music. Two. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, Nothing the music uses music this way. In this movie, nobody uses music like James Gunn. George Lucas does. This movie, the way that music is used reminded me so much of American Graffiti. It's insane. Really? How he came up with the music for American Graffiti and wrote a story about that. His whole idea for American Graffiti, have you seen it? No. It's one of the best films ever made, in my opinion. I love that movie. Okay. And he wrote a story, and he wanted the music to be the centerpiece. He called it a musical. Sure. And that's why I think that Guardians of the Galaxy is sort of a musical in some aspect of it. Yeah, Because the music plays such a huge role scene to scene. Yeah, James Obvious, Gunn. Yeah. Obviously, there's some orchestration in between also, but- Some, by provided by Tyler Bates. That's fine. A little bit here and there. Sure. He does fine, but it's overshadowed by the soundtrack itself because the soundtrack right. is second to none. Right. James Gunn went and looked at the Billboard charts for the late 70s, early 80s, and picked out 120 songs and listened to all of them on repeat. He picked out songs and built scenes around them, but also when he had scenes that needed music- went through these songs to find the ones that would work the best. It's perfect. Awesome Mix Volume 1 is the name of the soundtrack. It reached number one on the Billboard 200. As it should have. The first film soundtrack to do so without any original music. And it was also nominated for the 2015 Grammy Award for Best Soundtrack. As it should have been. What was put together here is a masterpiece. So good. The the music. I, I actually own this album on vinyl. I'm not surprised to hear that at all. It's so good. Blue Swedes Hooked on a Feeling shot up 700% after the release of the first trailer for this movie. Damn. 700%. Nerds on the trailer. love them some music that they probably have never heard of till that point. <sighs> Those nerds hadn't watched Ally McBeal, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, they haven't. But yes, we are going to give a music a two. Definitely. And we said it a few weeks ago. We're going to do it anyway. The most deserved two. Yeah. For music? Uh, Superman is still out there. Superman still exists, and so, yeah. so does that Star Wars we talked about. Right. You know, the Star Wars only got the one because it was old stuff. That's true. One-liners. I'm going to fight. Okay. Because I don't think there's a lot of, well, there's a lot of one-liners, uh-huh. but it's all the stuff that's said in a very quick back and forth. I don't know how sticky they are. Right. So, yeah, you have the line of like, why do you want to say this guy? Because I'm one of the idiots who live here. It's right. very good line, in my opinion. I, I love that thing. Yeah. You have- Thumb across throat means Killed. That's a really good dialogue scene, but I think the one that really is going to stand out to me, actually, that is going to raise the score dramatically, I am Groot. I am Groot. That is so iconic now. 
Oh, big time. Which is nuts to me because it's three fucking words. Do you know what's even crazier? <laughs> the fact that it's three words? That he recorded a billion different times? Vin Diesel says he's recorded over 1,000 times. But he also said he recorded it in Russian, Mandarin, Portuguese, Spanish, German, and French so that he could use his real voice in every version of the movie. So he actually put more work into this than he ever did in anything else because <laughs> I've seen him act. And it's <laughs> not great. He also wore stilts when he was recording the voice just to get a sense of the height. Do I look weird with these stilts in my tank top? It's like, this tank top's actually part of me now from Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Can you guys call me Dominic? It feels even, weird if you call me Vin. It's even weirder that, like, all right, Vin Diesel's coming in to record his lines. I guess we have to change where all the mics are because he's going to be wearing his fucking stilts. All of a sudden, he's method. <laughs> all of a sudden, he cares. For three words. <laughs> He probably got a similar paycheck to Bradley Cooper and said, oh, I better do something or they're not going to bring me back. Right. <laughs> Jesus. They're going to see right through this. That's it. I can... can I put my pink slips up for this line? Gonna... <laughs> this is a quarter uh, mile at a time line. There is one line. Fast and the Furious, the first one. Yeah. It's nonsense, right? Uh, it's been a long, long time since I've watched the it. The quarter mile? Uh, they say it's, what is it, a 10 second quarter mile or whatever they say it's really good. It's, or, uh, and it that... takes a minute plus because of drama. Oh, right. Yeah. They really they build it up. They sure do. <laughs> All they're doing is stealing VCRs or some shit like that from like PC Richard. Hey. Or or Nobody Beats the Wiz or whatever this is. Nobody Beats the Wiz. Remember that one? No. Ooh. Not at all. That couldn't have just been a Jersey thing. It might have been. Oof. No. Yeah, that was another one of those old school electronic places. Sure. Like Tweeter? Never heard of Tweeter. Oh, okay. Is that what Star Lover's after? Green Tweeter. Yes, definitely. <laughs> There's another line in this movie that I love so much. Star-Lord says, if I had a black light, this place would look like a Jackson Pollock painting. Which I love that line. The dirtiest line in any MCU movie. A lot of these lines are the dirtiest in anything. He's yeah. like, oh, they got my dick note, which I really love. It was great. This is James not a kid's Gunn, movie, though, which is lovely to me. It is and it isn't. I mean, it's not it's at all. It's not with but, these li- the languages. That's I mean, true. No one's ever really said dick before in any of these things, have they? I don't think so. But James Gunn even, uh, he reportedly cut several scenes just so the, the joke would make it through editing. Good for him. He's like, That's no. That's the way to do that it. That Jackson Pollock Has joke is say. going in there. And that was ad-lib by Chris Pratt. Well, he's the best at that. Which is just, oh, that's how he, his entire character on Parks and Rec. It's the best. Ad-libbed. How I know that a lot of the writers on Parks and Rec got pissed off because what he came up with was better than anything oh, that they came up with that sometimes. must be. Like, I can't even imagine it, because that's like the murderer's row of writers on that show. Yeah. And then you add in phenomenal comedians like that, who right. can just even take it to the next step. That's amazing to me. And that's why that show's so good. That show, better than The Office? Because that's the way it has to get looked at, is one or the other. And then 30 Rock's kind of oh, its own entity. They're so close to, for me. I think I might like Parks and Rec better. I like Parks and Rec better. That's... I think it's funnier, but I think The Office, the emotional moments in The Office, I think hit so much harder. I totally agree with that. 100% I agree with Which that. Which makes me happy that they're very different shows. They're very for different. For being the same. Yeah. yeah for <laughs> the exact same premise played out Right, ways. for having Karen Filippelli and Ann Bergens. <laughs> <laughs> Rashida Jones. Range? Uh, uh, well, she's great. She's she is, great. She's great. I love her. Right? Range? <laughs> so one-liners. I'm going to go .75 because I think the dialogue is better than the one-liners themselves. But the one-liners are great when they happen. Yeah. But the dialogue itself is great. Agreed. This is a good script. It's a very good script. I like it quite a bit. Well, good old James Gunn. 
He knows what he's doing. He sure does. Speaking of The Office, was he married to What's Your Face at this point? I think he was. Pam from The Office? Fisher? Whatever I her name was? I think so. Okay. I'm not sure what the timeline is on their relationship. Not sure. If I'm being he honest. He was married to her for a while, too. For quite a while. I think he was definitely married to her when they were doing Super. Right. And I have to imagine the marriage was maybe going south because that movie's terrible. And okay. directors put themselves into movies? I don't know. I've been reading a lot of George Lucas because of the Star Wars thing. Sure. Still. <laughs> <laughs> like, when you look at the Indiana Jones series, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, Last Crusade, yeah. everyone says that Temple of Doom is so much worse than the other two because George Lucas was going through a divorce and Steven Spielberg was going through a divorce. And they wanted a darker movie because that's how their souls felt. Sure. Right. I've worked on movies. They take forever to make. It. How sad are you that you need to <laughs> express yourself through a camera calling rolling cut in all these dark ways for like 40 days straight? It doesn't make sense. It's how I deal with my pain, Dave. <laughs> right. You want to inflict it on the audience watching it. Exactly. Temple of Doom is not a good movie. <laughs> I want that out there. But yeah, James Gunn writes a heck of, heck of a movie. Right. Uh, the first draft was done by Nicole Perlman, and he rewrote basically the whole thing. I think it's needed in this one. This one, you need to have the person whose vision it is writing it. Right. I think the voice is so important. James Gunn also had a fun thing where he kept piles of Play-Doh, just Play-Doh containers on set. And anytime somebody had a good day or somebody did something especially amazing, he would give them a little container of Play-Doh. As like a gold star. Yeah. What so a like, cool guy. Whether it was an actor, a grip, a stuntman, or a personal assistant, he'd just be like, here, have Play-Doh. During the 85-day shoot, he gave out 40 containers and uh that's not a lot for 85 days no no so you gotta earn that play-doh you actually have to earn it that's good directing right there but he said i love the smell of play-doh opening a new container and smelling it puts me in a creative childlike place and who doesn't love playing with play-doh what a cool director interesting i feel like that's like the opposite of stanley kubrick because instead of giving out play-doh he probably had actors standing over him in his sleep with knives (laughs) he gave everyone play-doh and then one at a time, took it back. Right, right. No, and kept give doing me back it the play-doh. To get them into the mood of the scene. Right. Here's your Play-Doh. You did it. Oh, thank you. I'm actually going to do that. God damn it! <laughs> Action! That's how you elicit emotion. That's it. Take away their Play-Doh. The final category is impact on the genre. It's big enough that this third one in talks. In talks. It is official, and James Gunn has written it. Oh, well, there you go. And, I mean, they play a pretty important part in Infinity War. Endgame. Yeah. More so in Infinity War. I'm going to go one. I don't feel good about it, though. I don't know why. Well, why don't I feel good about if it? If it makes you feel better, James Gunn wrote and directed this. He wrote and directed the second one. And then he got fired. Yes. And the public outcry was immense. Yeah. He got fired because there was old tweets right. from him that were inappropriate. Inappropriate, but were they? Someone viewed them as inappropriate. Yes, someone viewed them as inappropriate. And Disney viewed them as fair. inappropriate. Well, Disney hired him knowing that they existed, but... Say, Bob Iger, the savior right there. He knows what he's doing. People <laughs> people viewed yeah. them as inappropriate, so Disney said, okay... House of Mouse. We're trying to it. buy Fox. Here's what we'll do. Yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, the outcry, I get it. But it's one of those things of... It's your point of view. Right. It's everything that's going on in government now. It's your point of view on whatever... Obviously, you can view things any way you want. Mm-hmm. Disney made a decision. They made a move. Yes. Because I feel like that was actually the right move for what it was. Because, I don't know, I'm a huge Disney fanatic. and Sure. The values behind it and all that stuff, I get it. It's the reason why John Lasseter got fired also. Right. 
he totally different actually. He yeah yeah. It is different, but it's inappropriate. Fine. I like the fan outcry to bring him back, yes. but it's an understood fan outcry because no one else could do this right with these characters. No one can. This is his vision. These are his babies here. Exactly. So that's what I give you for impact. Yeah, I'll go one. Final answer, Regis. I think that is appropriate. And that's a hell of a score, Dave. Big boy? I figured it was going to be a big boy. It's a big boy. Guardians of the Galaxy comes in at a nine and a half. Holy shit. That's a very big boy. I don't add these up while I go because I just say them off. Brian has the computer in front of me. He's putting this stuff in. Yeah. That's huge. That's very big. That's bigger than I thought it would be, and I thought this would be big. I thought it would land in the eights. Yeah, I imagined it was going to be Damn, like somewhere dude. in the eights. Nine and a half? Nine and a half is big. Well, that, too, helps a lot. It always music. will, but, you know, throw in something pretty awesome, you're going to get it, too. That's true. Not hard to do. Not hard. Well. It is hard to do. <laughs> but still, music seems to be the ones that get the twos from us. If you took the score of this movie and averaged it with the score from last week's movie, which was negative, you'd still have a higher <laughs> score than Super got. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm not really all that surprised that it got a 9.5. Because on Rotten Tomatoes, 1-100, where do you think this thing landed? 95. Awfully damn close because it landed at 91. Wow. Audience score 92. So. I just took our 9.5. and You know, that's actually the fair move to do. <laughs> it does land on our Rotten Tomatoes list of the top 72 superhero movies. Take a guess. Number six. 18. Yeah, that's what I said. Sandwich in there. and a, It's a big let me finish. Marvel sandwich of Iron Man and Doctor Strange. I was going to say number six. Teen plus two. No, oh, well, that's on me, yeah. isn't it? I'm the asshole. Cut me off. I'm the Peter Quill here. <laughs> As you can imagine, Roger Ebert didn't see this movie. I'm sure he would have. Yeah. If they had put in some sort of video monitor into his casket. Yeah. And just that would have been really nice. There. You know, you'd think. Ugh. You'd think it's a way to honor the man, right? Let him watch movies. Still, just let him run. And play a bad one every now and then. He likes those. He does. He secretly loves those. He's, I, I have a feeling they were actually his favorite all yeah. along. Yeah. But the general consensus for this thing is that Guardians of the Galaxy is just as irreverent as fans of the frequently zany Marvel comic would expect, as well as funny, thrilling, full of heart, and packed with visual splendor. Ooh, splendor. Splendor. On Amazon.com, this thing got a 4.7 out of 5 after 19,000 reviews. Wow. This might be the highest amount of reviews that I've seen on anything. That's unreal. For five star, 81%. Wow. Which leaves a pretty big gap for anything. But I mean, the one stars are only 2%. That checks out. They're all real. Okay. Which makes me real happy. Yeah. It's not just, ah, my disc. God damn it. Oh, gosh darn it. There were a lot actually that said when I received this thing, it was wrapped and inside was the Avengers. That happened often. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jeff Bezos is packaging this thing. He says, fuck it, comics are the same. <laughs> he, that was the day they hired Scorsese, and he's like, ah, cinema. Cinema. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in Taxi Driver instead. Fuck you, kids. Fuck you, kids. Fuck you, kids. Fuck you, kids. Fuck you. Go home and get your fucking shine box, kids. All right. It's, it's good, fellas. Yep. It's so good. Yep. The Monsters on Amazon.com. One stars. Here we go. From October 27th, 2019. Oh, boy. Uh, this person, <laughs> I think they must be missing letters on their keyboard. So I'm going to try to oh, translate no. this one for you. Hulu, C-E, because Amazon doesn't treat you like a 47 Chev Cruise with the top back. Okay. Good start. The movie wasn't even the right movie. It was some random puppet stuff I was confused and lost. What? Then it turns out I don't even have Amazon, so it was on Hulu. 
What? <laughs> I'm so confused. This person left a one-star review on Amazon because the movie wasn't on Hulu and he watched and, some puppet thing? And he watched the wrong movie. So they just naturally went ahead. This looks like Guardians of the Galaxy shite. Yeah, I better review Guardians, review of, the Guardians of the Galaxy now. Because Amazon doesn't treat you like a 47 <laughs> Chevy with the top back. 47 Chev with the top back. What? Yeah. That had everything. Don't drink and write reviews, kids. <laughs> Don't do it. From February 18th, 2019, I'd give zero stars if I could. I felt like I was watching a Power Rangers movie. What? That's Which great. would be better than what I watched. So there's something there. What? Yeah. I could not get past 10 minutes of the movie. It was so awful. Wish I can get my money back. Not because I need $4, because I do not want to support this franchise. Hold on. Hold on. Now- Nobody loves Power Rangers more than me. We know. But. We know. To say that Power Rangers is better than this movie is just false. I thought this was going to throw you like into a moral dilemma here. No, not at all. Because you're going to have to defend Look, something. here's the thing. I yeah. love the Power Rangers. But. This is way better. Okay. Come on. <laughs> but the Power Rangers is. Great. Oh, boy. Stop it's lying to yourself so good. and stop lying to everyone Also, else. did you hear that they're rebooting it? I did, Brian. That's going to take place in the did. 90s? Yeah, I ignored it. As everyone else should do. Oh, no, I cannot wait. There's a time travel component, so it's going to be complicated. It's going to be extremely complicated. Storytelling. Wahoo! I Are they still going to use Japanese footage? Uh, I don't think so. Whoa! Because it's a movie. Oh, I don't care, then. I'm, oh, I'm you're not going to go see this movie with you. I want Opening you to know night. That. No, not happening. Happening. We're going to be the only ones in the theaters so that happens. Yep, I'm going to buy your ticket for you just to make sure you're there. That doesn't mean I'm going to be there. You're going to have to kidnap me. Fair. Done. <sighs> Go, go, Power Rangers. From October 12, 2017. Not for children. Even the Disney company is unable to produce a movie aimed at children without profanity. Beautifully done special effects, but the profanity. The profanity. Reference to sex with aliens and almost no plot ruined it. I mean, there was a plot. There was a plot. Also the sex with aliens. There was also sex with aliens and profanity. Yeah. I think they said shit more times in this movie than most PG-13 movies I've seen. Uh, Probably. Probably. They say but dick a lot, too. It just goes to show that Disney even oh, Disney cannot make movies for children without profanity. They can't do it. They just cannot they do it. The Lion King. Sex in the clouds? Oh, I get it. Little Mermaid's got the dick towered? Dick, yep. That's, and yeah. also the, the priest, when he's when he's marrying the two, he's got a raging boner. Exactly. And Frozen you know? is just legitimately a pile of shit on screen for two hours, so right. I get it. <laughs> I hate Frozen. I hate it so goddamn much. Oh God. It's insane. It's just a, it's just it's a white dog. It's steaming too because it's very warm and they're in a very cold place because of the freezing. Naturally, I will not let it go. That movie sucks <laughs> so hard. I will not let it go. I, I've right. had to watch watch a lot of Disney movies. Yeah, because of the kid. Yeah, and the kid is obsessed with Moana. I'll watch Moana. Moana's any great. Day, it's terrific. Sure, she's been watching old school Cinderella a lot lately. Sure, which Cinderella. is terrific. I've realized that most old Disney movies are about a, a lady who's going to be a princess just cleaning the house. Yeah. for the whole movie. If that inspires your kid to want to clean the and house, then eventually then that's great. Finding a prince at the end, like the whole thing about Cinderella is the slipper, right? Yeah. That happens for two minutes at it the end of the movie. It sure does. And the rest of the time, she's cleaning. Yep. And interacting with mice. Yeah. Gross, by the way. Right. So the profanity behind that. Oh, profanity. Gross. Just make one movie, Disney, without any profanity, please. Please. Something wholesome. Not like that piece of shit frozen. Movie sucks. I don't care what anyone says. It sucks so hard. From July 4th, 2017. Why do I hate the good guys in these films? 
The tape player was an element in the movie that I thought was unnecessary and stupid. What? They play a song and I roll my eyes, then fast forward through the scene. Why do I hate the good guys in these movies? Because you're a broken human being. They are. The tape player was just character development. First of all, it's extremely important for the character of Peter Quill. Oh my God. This person missed the entire point. Yes. They fast forwarded through what I would assume is most of the movie. The music. Yeah. All of the movie. From October 4th, 2017. A raccoon? Really? Honestly, this would have been an okay movie if it weren't for the stupid raccoon character. What? Rocket's like the best character. Rocket's the reason James Gunn did the movie. I don't even think that's the thing that should pull you out of this movie. No. There's... Disney, talking animals. It's happened. Over and over. Yeah. If anything, this is par for the course. If anything, this is the closest we get to Walt's dream of filmmaking. Uh, That might be a stretch, but... Right. Walt writing all of his dick notes. Yeah. I don't know what Walt did. <laughs> He's frozen. Uh, that's where they got the inspiration is. for the movie, as we all know. Duh. Right. And that's why the movie's racist, just like Walt was. <laughs> or anti-Semitic. Sorry, I don't want to label him a racist. Yeah, come on now. We can't afford that lawsuit. I don't even know if he's anti-Semitic. There's so many books about Walt Disney. And there's one <laughs> called like The Crown Prince of Whatever. And it's all about Is him it the being the actual title. It's the no, it's like the Crown Prince of Darkness, or something like that. Oh, okay. And it's a Disney story. And it's some of it's true and some of it's very, very false. Sure. But the whole movie, like the crutch, the tiny Tim crutch is him being anti Semitic. <laughs> so, yeah, whatever tells your story, I guess. I guess. You fucking jerk. Do you want to fund some Nazis? Oh, boy. <laughs> no. Nope. That's nope. not how the song goes. It's actually, do you want to burn some books? Oh, got it. <sighs> I feel dirty. Yeah. That movie sucks. I guess. From September 17th, 2016. Horrible movie and the worst in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. False. Someone told me I need to see it for the upcoming Avengers film. False. Two hours I'm never getting back. When you compare it to Captain America's and Iron Man's severe, huge disappointment, huge. <sighs> guess the color of the hat. Well, based on the use of huge, <laughs> uh, what's so Hashtag disappointing sad. about this? What, what's so disappointing about this movie? What, I don't know. I it, thought this is actually one of the simpler ones. Yeah, in the MCU. Yeah, where it's just supposed to be fun, right? Like, and it's fun just beginning yourself. to end. And there's a lot of movies that are not like that. Right. Captain America is not like that. No. Iron Man is not like that. No, it's a this, bummer. Yeah, they're both pretty big bummers of characters. So, I, I mean, I don't know. If you can't find the fun in this thing, uh, you're a you... joyless fuck who should watch Frozen. <laughs> I'm not getting off of it. You need I to let it go. To... Stop it. You need to let it I go. I will destroy you right now. Let it go. From January 7, 2015, my husband and I enjoy Marvel movies. So when Guardians of the Galaxy came out, we decided to see it. That's usually a good that thing to do if you sense. enjoy something. Yeah. It was the biggest waste of time we spent on a movie in a long time. The heroes are crude and self-centered, and they do good, but they aren't good at their core. They're almost proud that they might do good or evil. One of the last lines of the movie that this was said by the characters. Jesus, learn sentence structure. (laughs) We're used to how heroes nowadays are imperfect, Tony Stark, versus Uh, yesteryear's perfect heroes, Superman. But the heroes, there's so many air quotes, it's insane, in this movie are nowhere near the definition of hero. Sure, the special effects are good, but that was the only thing that was good in this movie. We hope this isn't the new trend in Marvel's hero movies. First of all, Superman not perfect. 
this Iron Man, though, is pretty perfect compared to what he should be. He's a hell of a lot more perfect. Well, I he's still a very imperfect hero. He's an hero. extremely imperfect hero. I agree. I don't think it's a stretch to say that he's on the same level as these Guardians. Right, but also anti-heroes are heroes, too. Right. Done. I, I hope this isn't the trend. Well, you know, not everybody. Are they asking for more Supermen? I don't know what they're asking for. Because Superman, again, not perfect. Sorry, Sean. Deal with it. It's not a bitch. Not a bitch at all. <laughs> He's a little bit of a bitch. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> I don't know what they're asking for. Brian's wearing a Superman shirt. This is the best thing ever. This is the best day ever. I thought he was just flashing me for Mardi Gras reasons, and he's not. No, he showed me a Superman shirt. I'm wearing shirt. a Superman shirt right now. When did you get That's that? True. What's that? When did you get that? Uh, a while back. Really? Yeah. It's so good. Good for you. Yeah. Not like Sean from Nerdy Thursday's Superman tattoo, but still, pretty good. <laughs> oh, you can't, the go, full chest plate. can't go spreading those rumors. Full chest plate. Everyone knows it. From July 20th, 2015. Last one I have. Another Hollywood hit? Didn't seem like it to me. <laughs> oh, no. This guy. Story is boring and hard to follow. Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel, terrible. Chris Pratt, never heard of him. And the girl looked like a Star Trek reject. Soundtrack, you've heard a million times before. Fell asleep watching Nuff said. What? That was a lot said, first of all. Oh, boy. So he's got problems with the voice actors. Right. He's never heard of Chris Pratt. Somehow. Like, that means something. Right. Okay, you haven't heard of him? He's Living under movie. a rock and not the rock. Right. Looks like a Star Trek reject? Yes. Zoe Saldana was in Star Trek, so... Zoe Saldana, the human box office. Yes. As we should call it. Yes. She is the second biggest earner of all time. Second? Yeah, I think Scarlett Johansson's number one. Box Mm -hmm. office earning. I didn't realize that ScarJo had made more than her. I'm pretty sure. Well, it would would make sense because they're in a lot of the same movies uh, on this side of it. The list goes, Scarlett Johansson, worldwide gross is $14.29 billion. That's so much money. It's a lot of money. Zoe Saldana. 11.22 11.22 billion. Wow. So far fucking behind still for that much money. Yeah. Then you have Kate Blanchett at 9.87 billion. Emma Watson. Okay. She's way up on the list. I get it. Gwyneth Paltrow, Helen Bonham Carter. Michelle Rodriguez is a surprise. But then Elizabeth Olsen is number eight on that list. Wow. It just shows you how big. Much money these movies have made. Yeah. <laughs> right. And Avatar, Michelle Rodriguez. And right. Fast and the Furious. So oh, right. good for her. For Good for her. Latching on there. Unfortunately, she won't be in the next Avatar movies. They'll find a way. Life finds a way. Life finds a way. After all, we're, we're still going to get Chris Pine in the next one, Roman. So. Exactly. It's always <laughs> a way. Yeah, you should have heard by, about all these people in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Zoe Saldana is great. She's a phenomenal actress. She's so good. And I don't think she looks like a Star Trek reject. I kind of do, but it's fine. Really? It's not a bad thing. It's fine. To be a She's reject an alien. from another movie? She's an alien. Who cares what she looks like? Right. They threw green skin on her. She still acts the shit out of anybody on the screen. That's true. She's amazing. She's very good. It's a good movie, man. It's a very good movie. It is our last episode of 2019. Oh, boy. So it is, isn't it? I went ahead and, and assembled uh, my top 10 of superhero movies that came out this year. Okay. And uh, there were 10, believe it or not, 10 superhero movies came out this year. Sure. I didn't see all of them. Surprisingly, somehow. Somehow. Number 10, Hellboy. You saw it. Did not see it. But but it exists. I heard the reviews. Fine. It got a 13% on Rotten you've Tomatoes. Even, you've never seen the other Hellboys, have I you? haven't seen the original Hellboys, They're no. so good. But this is the one yeah. with David Harbour that came out this year. Sure. Nobody liked it. All Number right. nine, Dark Phoenix. Did you see it? I did not see it. All right. And I have to that, ask you this. Can you tell me if you've seen them or not? 
to to kill my suspense a little sure, bit. Sure, I'll, I'll tell you my bottom five I didn't see. My top five I did. So you saw half the superhero movies. I saw half the superhero movies five. this year. All right. That's what you should have led with. This sure. This is fine. Number Keep eight, going. Glass. M. Night. M. Night. People liked it. That's uh, what I've heard. Yeah. Rotten Tomato score I haven't seen it. doesn't reflect itself. I don't have a life anymore. I can't do that. Number seven, a James Gunn movie, Brightburn. That was at your fingertips and you didn't see it. Yeah. It, so that's Netflix, it, isn't it? No. That was, it? that was a wide release. Was it? Yeah. Well, whoops. That's uh, Evil Superman. Yeah, I don't know anything. Little boy. I live in a bubble. Uh, then of the of the movies I didn't see, the highest reviewed was my number six, Fast Color. I don't even know what that is. I don't know a whole lot about this movie. But it's but highly it, reviewed. It's highly reviewed. And what a list so this far. Year. This is great. How about we go to the stuff you did see? All right. Number five, Captain Marvel. I haven't seen it. Oh. You told me mixed things. A lot of people told me mixed things. I actually I really no enjoyed it. I okay. did. So. Sure. And this is where things get weird. Number four, Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm curious to know why it's number four. It's my number four of the year because of the th- other three movies that came out this year. The other three being? Number three. Oh. Shazam. This is exciting. I knew that was coming up at three. Number three is Shazam because it was excellent. It is excellent. That's it was why. actually very hard for me to choose between Shazam and Spider-Man Far From Home. Well, I'm happy you chose the right way just for the sake of this argument. Okay, fine. Even though I think they're actually totally equal. Well, Shazam, I think it actually might be a little better. Okay. A little better because I do have issues with Far From Home, but they're not crazy, and I think we're going to learn a little bit more about that story yeah, yeah. soon. Hopefully. My number two, Joker. So the number one is extremely obvious then. Yeah. As it should be. Avengers Endgame, obviously. Of course, but Joker. Joker was so good. Yeah. Joker was phenomenal. And have you seen it yet? I have not, but I mean, I read this. You read the script. script, because friends, but. Yeah. I'll get there. But we had It's coming out soon enough. It's a big year for comic book movies. It was a huge year. 10 movies in a year. At this rate, we're not going to catch up. It didn't even feel like 10 movies, though, because some of the stuff was. It was so spread. Like like a little smaller. When I was looking these up, I was like, Captain Marvel came out this year? Shazam came out this year? Been pretty wild. Not crazy year. We have watched a lot of comic book movies this year. Yeah. Like a whole lot. Yeah, it's been. That we had to talk about. It's been almost, some of them have been garbage. Almost too many. Yeah, and some of them have been <laughs> great. That's true. We watched some real bangers this year. Yeah, I think my personal favorite from this year. I really liked Far From Home. Yeah, I really liked Endgame. Right, and I really loved Shazam because I didn't know if they'd be able to pull it off. And as a, such a huge fan of Shazam, the original Captain, Marvel, the Captain Marvel, let's not forget blah, 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 blah. it. Let's not forget it. The way they pulled it off, you won't let us forget it. Was just. It was the perfect note for me personally. Yeah. I It was so well done. And I remember sitting in the theater with you and it's just Kevin. Right. And going like <laughs> fanboy style. What if it sucks? Oh, right. <laughs> They're not going to respect <laughs> me ever again. <laughs> You're lucky that it was extremely good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was, me and one nerd behind me, the ones who got the little Easter eggs because sure. no one tried the comics, but that's fine. Yeah. They're great. Nerds. Yes. There's something we didn't talk about in this movie. What? Stanley. Did he get snapped? Stanley in this movie is uh he's on Xandar and he's flirting he's, with he's some young lady. Thing. I want to think this one got snapped. Yeah, I think he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of Easter eggs, we get another one in this movie. The ending, the post credits. Yes. It is wonderful. We've talked about it before. We have talked about it before. Uh this movie came out twenty eight years to the day after Howard the Duck. And Howard the Duck is there. And at the Howard end, the Duck. Seth Green voicing him. Very good. Man. Uh, apparently, it was the editor, Fred Raskin's idea to put him in the movie, and Feige loved the idea so much, James Gunn has said that 
Feige couldn't stop laughing every time he saw it. He was like, we're fucking crazy. <laughs> Which is the best it's reaction such a good touch, you could though. have to put Because I'd imagine it has nothing to do with pushing the story forward. I think even oh, the big fans even go like, that's Howard the Duck. Hey. What the hell? Is he in the next movie? And everyone just goes, no. no there's no possible way. He is, but. He, yes. But again, in a cameo but, role. I think, I think that it fits so game. well for Howard the Duck of he just exists within the lore of right. this universe. Right. He's there. But he does not need to have anything else to do with it. He's been in three movies now in the MCU. Good for him, man. So Good for him. You know, going strong. Oh, he's the best. And there is one other Easter egg surrounding this movie that's a huge mystery that nobody knows, but James Gunn talks about it all the damn time. What is it? Nobody knows. It hasn't been revealed that what this Easter egg is. He's just saying that... Most of the Easter eggs from this movie have been found, but there's still one big one that nobody has touched on yet. Do you have any idea what you might think it is? Not a clue. Okay. It's just a huge mystery that's taken across message boards and Twitter. And- Unless that's just his way of saying, like, oh, I'm just going to drag these suckers along because <laughs> I can. James Gunn style. Uh, he said on August 30th was the last time he mentioned it. He said, the big Easter egg in volume one is partially figured out. You'll probably see some folks in the- who worked together to, f- to figure it out reply to this thread. But there are tons of things in Volume Two that still haven't been found. Good for him. So that's sort of fun. He's got a, a you can have the Easter egg in there, that... but not take away from the story. Right. That's fun. And he says it's big. The fact that nobody's found it in five years is unreal. Well, all right, that's exciting. Yeah. If you think you know what the Easter egg is, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what you think it might be. But you can send us yeah. uh, your your ideas to KatePodcasters at gmail dot com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kate Podcasters. And you can rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to keep listening at the end of every episode for the post credits. What are we talking about next week? Next week starts off January 2020. And uh, I think we might need a break. I think we need to I think sober we need up. a break. I think you all need a break. And I know that going sober in January is a thing. People do that. Yeah. So we're going to sober up. And- I have picked two movies, and Brian has picked two movies. Yeah. They're not super at all. They are so not super. It's going to be a not-so-super January. Why don't we tell you what the four movies are? Okay, let's do it. Brian, you chose the first movie. Yes. I chose 1985's Clue. Such a good choice. Based on the board game. Why'd you choose that? Because it's a great movie. Tim Curry is a gift, and that's all I need. That's all you need. It's good enough. (laughs) Dave, what was uh, what's your first pick? My first pick is one of the greatest movies of all time and one of my all-time personal favorites, Back to the Future. Oh, great, Scott. Marty! That's going to be great. Yelled a lot. Guarantee it. Lots of yelling happening. <laughs> Can't on wait. One, I believe. What was your second pick? My second pick, Avatar. The Last Airbender. Nope. Directed by M. Night Shop. 2009 nope. James Cameron Avatar. What made you choose that one? I've never seen it. And, oh, yeah, and you're it's, the only one. You know, because it led the box office forever, forever until this ten year. Years. Ten years, so, not forever. It seems appropriate that now that Endgame has officially beaten it, I can watch. It. I can watch it. <laughs> I can watch the number two highest grossing movie Ooh, of all time. All right, and uh, well, you know, it has all this acclaim about the the visuals and whatnot. Sure, and I sure. feel like it's probably time to see it. All right, and that works. The, the final pick is uh, is yours. Final pick is a movie that. I think shapes me as a person. Okay. Not in a jerk off in a movie theater way. Oh. oh. But in a weird 
dark comedy slash good storytelling kind of way. I chose Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. It is exciting, that's right? so exciting. I can't wait to do that. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of guests coming up. It'll be yes. good. It'll be Lots a lot of, of fun. Guests. It'll be a fun sobriety. We need it. You need it. It'll be great. Yeah, and then we'll come back in February with some super stuff. I can't wait. So I guess we're going to see you next week, 2020, for Clue. Same pod time. I am Groot. So, Dave, that's Guardians of the Galaxy. What do you think happens after the credits? What I think happens after the credits is we get a kind of like a James Bond type scene. Oh. Where Peter Quill's laying in that bed. He's got the, the nips are covered by the blanket. Naturally. There's a green lady sitting laying next to him. The, the jolly little green. Jolly lady. little it's green. Gamora. Okay. Peter Quill's laying there, and Gamora looks over him and says, tell me, what other things did Kevin Bacon do? <laughs> and Peter Quill looks at her with like a twinkle in his eye and says, let me show you. And then you get a post-credit sex scene, which we've never seen before. No, that's... Kevin Bacon style? Kevin Bacon style. It's a shame Roger Ebert had to miss it. It's a it's a damn shame. <laughs> he would have worried. How does super sex work? Oh, I don't even know. I don't want to think about it. I do. I do. <laughs> Brian, what do you think happens post-credits? I think, knowing that the Power Stone is safe on Xandar... That's a made-up name. That sounds like Tom Hanks' big shit. The Guardians take off. Only for time to continue on. And wouldn't you know it, somebody else shows up on Xandar. It's Thanos. And he's here for the Power Stone. And he's got his helicopter blade sword thing. All right. And he's going through and just cutting down Xandarians left and right. And he comes across Roman Day. <laughs> <laughs> and he just one slice right through the middle. He goes, oh, I'm cutting half real bad. <laughs>